This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. Coming up, if you have a small family business, you don't have to go it alone. We'll be talking to Rick Gendeman. He is a family enterprise advisor with Manning Elliott, and he helps families navigate through the various issues that come up in a family business. We'll find out how he can help you. But first, a look at some of the Vancouver Consumer headlines from the past week. Canada is going green. This past Wednesday, the Trudeau government announced a new fund to encourage investment in green technology. In the throne speech from Ottawa, they laid out plans to spend more money on clean energy, retrofitting existing technology to make it cleaner, and investing more in stuff like zero emission vehicles and batteries. The government also announced plans to cut the corporate tax rate in half for clean tech companies. And according to a new survey of Canadians, most of us are on board with that. The survey called A Better Canada, Values and Priorities After COVID-19, conducted by the Environics Institute and Van City, found that many of us believe the economy is just not working the way it should be. And they'd like to see some changes once we slowly move past the pandemic. And one of the main concerns was the environment. Even if it slows down economic development, the survey found three in four Canadians want the environment to be protected in this country. Good news for the BC TV and film industry. Looks like the number of productions being shot in and around the Lower Mainland is at record highs. According to Pete Mitchell, the COO of Vancouver Film Studios, it's because of the way the province has handled the COVID-19 pandemic compared to other parts of North America, especially the U.S. That's made BC more attractive to American producers. He says we're pretty much at full capacity these days, and if we had the room, there would be even more productions in BC. He also says the demand is really high because all the streaming services like Netflix and Amazon Prime are running out of new content, which is not surprising because it seems like all we're doing these days is sitting around watching television. And everyone loves a good deal, even pot smokers. Stephen Fry, the CEO of Sessions Cannabis, a retailer with seven stores in Ontario, says they're so-called value brands, the cheapest products they have, basically, the economy size stuff. Those brands are dominating the market since cannabis was legalized just over, just under two years ago. That's the stuff most people are buying. And this is after a big survey about the legal cannabis market by the Brightfield Group, which found that about a quarter of weed users are newbies, people who have only started consuming cannabis since its legalization. Also, they found that uh, gummies and uh, edibles, they're not catching on. They were hoping that those would be the big products and they would bring in the people who were afraid to smoke the stuff. And when you think of family business, you immediately think of a a mom and pop kind of store. But it's a lot more than that. There are indeed small family businesses. There are some medium-sized family businesses. And there's some pretty large family businesses. And my guest right now is uh, someone who can help people with a family business. Rick Gendeman is a family enterprise advisor with Manning Elliott, and he is an expert at navigating these waters. He's with me now. Hi, Rick. How are you? 
Hello there, Martin. I'm doing well, thank you. Excellent. So we're talking family business, and, and the word family can set off a red flag with a lot of people, and then you add business to that. It's very complicated. But let's start with defining what a family business is and the kind of family businesses you work with. Yeah, so typically uh, our view of kind of a family business is one where um, it's, you know, private business most typically uh, that is owned by a family member or multiple family members. Uh, Those family members will often be uh, operating and working in the business. And so it kind of has an overall encompassing sort of link between uh, the ownership of the business being privately held uh, by those families and having family involved in the business. So that's a, a traditional sort of view of a family business. And it can be, as you say, a small mom-and-pop business to uh, large, substantial businesses that are owned by families uh, for multiple generations. Mm-hmm. And with that, uh, large and small, I guess the challenges are different, but what are some of the big challenges that family businesses face? Yeah, so I tend to see these in sort of three phases. Uh, in phase one, um, we see the challenges for business owners in managing their time and financial commitment to the business. Uh, as we can all appreciate, owning and operating a family business often requires a significant time commitment from the owners as well as significant financial resources. And that challenge comes and brings around uh, the options of trying to meet the needs and requirements of making not only the business successful, but how to balance that combination of time and financial commitments around uh, the owner's personal and family needs, goals, expectations, and aspirations. It's kind of like you know running your family. How do you manage all those expectations? Um, the second phase we see some challenges is when uh, we begin to evolve uh, and bringing in family members into the business. And so oftentimes in the family business, we will see situations where kids will start in the business you know, during the summer months when they're not in school, and then eventually they may transition into more senior roles in the business. And this is where we often see some challenges around managing the expectations of the founders against those of that next generation. You know, how do you manage that delicate balance of insurance, ensuring roles taken on by family members in the business are based on merit versus the entitlement uh, to ensure the continued success of the business? So that often brings into play lots of uh, perceptions and expectations that have to be managed. And then the final challenge that we see, which is uh, can be a daunting one, but can also be very rewarding, is uh, around the eventual transition of the family business to the next generation. You know, when is the owner ready to let go of the reins, and when is the right time? Um, has proper care and attention been given to ensuring the next generation of leaders is properly trained and ready to lead the business into the future? And those are often difficult challenges for. Uh, all people in the family to manage their way through. And that's where Family Enterprise Advising really plays a big role in helping the business owners and their family manage all those moving uh, pieces. Yeah, succession. Uh, yeah, moving, moving that along. We'll talk about that in a second. But mm-hmm. I want to I ask about the day-to-day operations of a family business. You mentioned um, the expectations. Like, say you have a family that has a son and, or a daughter, the oldest one, and they have an expectation that that son or daughter is going to take over the business. Uh, what kind of problems do you see there? Uh, do you work with families in, in th- that sense? Absolutely, and I think that is probably one of the biggest challenges that many families face. Uh, Again, you know, if we look back over time, there was sort of this general hierarchy that was sort of in play. You know, the eldest child became the next leader, or the 
you know, a certain individual within the family was was tagged as the next leader, and it may have been the founder that thought that that should that person should be the next leader. But have they really thought about is that person properly trained and best suited to be the next leader? So. Uh, it's really a delicate balance to have a, a good discussion between the expectations of the next generation and the existing ownership group to really sort of flush out, you know, what is the passion and commitment that, that next leadership group would have? Are they properly trained? Uh, simply because you're part of the lineage, to me, I, I think that's a real dangerous trap to fall into. You need to manage that because you want to make sure the business is successful going forward. And it's not about being a family member and your entitlement to ownership uh, and running the business. Uh, it's really about trying to make sure that you've got the right people doing the right things and at the same time still meeting family expectations. Yeah, you have one, one kid who wants to get into modern dance and does not want to get into the family business. Well, Rick Gendeman is a family enterprise advisor with Manning Elliott, and we're talking about uh, family businesses. And, and how, how do you fit into this? Like, what is your role? You were saying uh, off the air that you end up traveling a lot. You, you probably spend time with a lot of different people. What's, what's the first thing you do when, when a family business brings you in? Uh, typically, the first thing I try to do with folks is sort of um, inquire with them more than anything else about where they see themselves, their business, and their family. Uh, there is such an overplay and interlap amongst uh, the business owners, the business needs, and the family. And so it's really trying to get an understanding from the business owners as to where they see the vision and direction they're trying to get to, not only from a business perspective, but also what they're trying to do with their personal and family lives. And I think when you start to begin a discussion around that framework and that foundation, it allows you to sort of begin to understand all of the different pieces that may come into play and, uh, and how we can best help the, the owner navigate and guide them through all the various challenges that they're going to run into. This might make a good reality show. You know, you can go, <laughs> go into a family business and you can see what's working, what's not working. Does it ever feel like that? Absolutely. Uh, I think for uh, most of us um, as listeners, and we know many people that do have family businesses or we've been uh, employed through family businesses, and we can see the ups and downs and uh, ebbs and flows of all the things that happen in a family business, they are unique, and uh, they represent a significant portion of business in Canada. And so um, rather than being afraid, uh, why don't we just embrace all those uh, various perspectives and um, make it a great, happy story to to work our way through. Yeah, and no kidding about how how important family business is to the Canadian economy. I'm I'm looking at some stats here. Over six million Canadians are employed in a family business. Four point seven million full time, uh, and uh, that's a lot of workers. And that's one point three trillion dollars in total annual sales. That's impressive. They are a huge driving engine force in our country, and and will continue to be so. Mm-hmm. And what do you see with uh, family business owners and uh, people who run family businesses in terms of uh, what they don't know about bringing in a family enterprise advisor? What's the what's something you can tell people uh, as to why they might need a family enterprise advisor? I think oftentimes, uh, as a business owner, and I'm going to refer to the concepts of working in the business versus working on the business. So many business owners are very involved in working in the business, 
Um, you know, they're there day to day, spending many hours at the business, uh, dealing with things after hours in the business when they're at home around the dinner table. Um, thoughts in their mind before they go to sleep at night. Uh, what keeps them awake at night uh, managing the business? And it's really about trying to get the owners to ultimately transition towards working on the business, thinking about what needs to be successful, um, what they need to do, sorry, to be successful in the business, but also at the same time to allow them to meet their personal goals and objectives and what they want to do with their family on the long run. So uh, it's really important to try and help those business owners um, begin to navigate that whole process, uh, helping business owners to surround themselves with advisors that understand that holistic viewpoint, that it's not just about the business. It's about the business owner, the business, and the family, and how they all interplay with one another. That's really important. Yeah. And when you, you mentioned uh, being at home, what keeps you up at night in your home? And sometimes you're in this, the house with the people you work with. It's your wife, your husband, your son or daughter. Uh, it, it, I, I guess that is a recipe for some stress. Uh, it can be. Um, again, you know, the, uh, the situation that often uh, happens is you've got, you know, levels of conflict. And we try as family enterprise advisors to recognize where there is conflict and not to view it as negative conflict, but rather understand everybody's different views and perspectives and making sure that there is open and healthy communication around those different perspectives so that people can actually work together to find the solutions and make the decisions that they need to make that hopefully will balance everybody's expectations out. Yeah, do you ever advise people just to stop talking about it and go out for dinner? And, and Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, again, it's really about having trust and faith and um, respect for everyone. And, you know, that may sometimes seem like a little bit of a um, apple pie sort of statement, but uh, when you're in those situations where you've got some different expectations, it really is important about sometimes just take some time out and enjoy your family and the people that are around you so that you can understand where they're coming from and uh, and then manage that along with the decision-making that you need to make. Yeah, and I guess, do you ever see... Uh people who are sort of blinded by the fact that these are family members that they complete that they would they would totally notice it if it was a somebody they just hired off the street to work but because it's a family member they're completely blind to the situation do you find that ever absolutely uh, i think the classic scenario is you know as a business owner and potentially you know the parent and they're starting to bring in the next generation you know they they don't necessarily always view that individual um, as a an important piece of the business and a person that's going to contribute uh, as a business contributor, they still view them as their son or their daughter, and you know, oftentimes they're not giving them the space or the opportunity to learn uh, and take on some of the challenges to you know lead to the future leadership of the business, and so therein lies some of the challenges because I think sometimes owners are reluctant to give up some of their control and their. Um, delegation of duties to the next generation to help build and train their skill sets so that they can become the future leaders. Yeah, I guess, it, and it goes both ways because sometimes a parent can be uh, too soft on their kids. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that, you know the other part to manage that's difficult is often um, you know the next generation will be wanting to take over the reins and they believe they're ready and and the founders are saying, well, I don't think you are ready, and so how do you manage that expectation gap and making sure that everybody understands that 
transition is a process and you need to work through. Uh, it's not a transaction that just occurs. Uh, it is a process that you need to make sure that the business is successful and healthy going forward because the founders are probably going to rely on their retirement funding from the business. Um, and the next generation needs to make sure that the business stays healthy and is properly positioned to continue to be successful. Yeah, and I, and I guess some people are too soft, on their, and then some people are are ju- they, their expectations are just way too high. Correct, and you know, and I think it, it's again, it's about being truthful and looking at what is best needed for the business, for example. So uh, it may be that a family member may or may not be the right person to fill that role in the business. And so we are often uh, there to encourage business owners to not be afraid to look at hiring outside folks to come in and help manage those situations and uh, fill those roles because uh, it's really about making sure that the business stays successful but making sure that we also don't put family members into a scenario where either A, they don't want to be there or they haven't been properly trained and uh, skilled up to run that role. And that brings us to the concept of succession. And uh, we will talk about that in just a second. Rick Gendeman is our guest. He is a family enterprise advisor with Manning Elliott, and he is helping family businesses keep it all together and thrive. If you would like to uh, learn more about Rick Gendeman, just go to manningelliot.com. And you can find them there. They have a very interactive website. And when we come back, we're going to talk about succession, not the TV show, which is quite awesome, I think. And uh, Rick Gendeman is my guest. He's a family enterprise advisor with Manning Elliott, and he helps family businesses navigate these waters. And uh, Rick, if people want to get a hold of you, uh, they should just go to manningelliott.com, right? Yes, they can go there and uh, they can drill down into our team uh, advisory tab and uh, they'll uh, see my uh, bio there and uh, they can click on that and they can certainly feel free to contact me uh, after the show if they want to chat. So, Yeah, and I, and I think uh, if there are any reality show producers out there, I think this is a good one because I, <laughs> I think you could follow Rick around and every week he could go to a new family business and uh, he could uh, see how it works, meet the people involved. And uh, to me, this is such an interesting topic because it is such... Such one that is so fraught with emotion and money and business. And uh, I think uh, having someone come in as an outsider must be very valuable, I'm guessing. Absolutely. And, um, you know, as you alluded to, Martin, the, uh, every family business is unique. Um, you know, uh, there, there is no real cookie-cutter solution to what each family is trying to deal with. And therein lies challenges. Therein lies the, uh, the opportunity to also um, see and uh, participate with family owners in managing all those expectations. And uh, that's the part that's uh, really quite exciting. And if we can help families manage through those difficult waters and they come out uh, with a great deal of success at the end, that, that's the reward. Mm-hmm. And you've worked with really small companies and some really big companies, too. Yes. Uh, so, you know, all of the principles around managing a family business are equally applicable to the small business as they are to the multinational um, business. Um, the numbers are just bigger, but the same principles and interactions are at play. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the big, big issues that you deal with is succession. And that is basically who takes over the business as people retire and people, you know, they, they like who takes it over. Um, and I think of the TV show Succession. <laughs> and that's a little different because, you know, like even the Trump uh, organization is a family business <laughs> when you think about it. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, I wonder, well, what's the first thing you would do there if you were called in there? <laughs> I think it's um, you know really important for um, family business owners as they start to near the transition phase is to start having a very uh, open dialogue with that next generation and uh, making sure that that next generation has an understanding of where uh, the founders want to go, what are their expectations during that transition, making sure that that next generation understands what it's going to take to uh, make sure the business is successful and transition occurs properly. And I think the important thing that we work with business owners is, is recognizing the differences between ownership and management. So you can be an owner in the business, but you don't necessarily need to be there managing and running the business day to day. So with many families, uh, we've got multiple children that may wish to continue to be part of the family ownership perspective, but not necessarily want to be working in the business because they're pursuing other interests. So it's important to recognize, do you have someone in your next generation that truly does want to be the leader, or do you need to bring in outsiders to run the operational side of the business while still maintaining the ownership of the business within the family unit? And that's a delicate balance that needs to be managed and uh, worked through so that everybody understands how those uh, all interplay with one another. And I guess that's where it gets very complicated because you you have family members and then you have someone who comes in and almost becomes like a family member because they're so important to the day-to-day of the business. That absolutely. Must be- and, uh, absolutely. And they often become part of that family circle. Yeah, so you, you must have uh, seen some situations where, I don't know, maybe expectations on behalf of the person who isn't in the family are high, and there's a problem there. Yeah, and I think, again, it's about trying to uh, understand everybody's perspective. So when you do bring in outsiders, uh, they, of course, don't have the history and the knowledge of all the family dynamics. And so trying to bring them up to speed so that they understand what's important to the family uh, and what their values are uh, so that the business is you know, in alignment with the family values, uh, making sure that the family is in alignment with their respective views and expectations and values, and having a bridge with an advisor there to help uh, manage that process so that everybody is working together as opposed to working uh, in opposing uh, channels. So. Rick Gendeman is a uh, family enterprise advisor. That's Rick who we're talking to. It is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Uh, and you can go to manningelliot.com to learn more. They have a very interactive website. You can learn more about Rick and how he can organize your your business, your family business, and help it just thrive. And uh, we're talking about succession, how, how you hand the reins over to the next generation of owner. Um, and I am guessing you've seen some situations that are pretty murky, that because it, it, it seems like sometimes it would be quite easy. You have an old, the oldest child takes over, but sometimes it's very complicated, isn't it? 
It can be, and I think oftentimes business owners, um, you know, view the process as being very daunting, and, and it's difficult because you're trying to determine, you know, who to turn the reins over to. You may have competing challengers for the reins uh, within the next generation who believe, you know, it should be them that should be the next leader. And how do you manage those different expectations? How do you manage expectations where perhaps no one really wants to uh, operate and manage and lead the business, but they'd love the family business. They'd love to keep owning the family business. And uh, it really requires uh, someone to help the owners and the families come together uh, and have good open dialogue around those various issues. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it sounds like it's less business, more psychology. Uh, it can be at times. I think, you know, to be honest, from my perspective, the business issues often um, are quite easier to deal with in the sense of, you know, making a decision whether to expand or change your product mix or do things of that nature. They start to fall out as you start to understand uh, what the business needs to do in order to be competitive and successful. The more difficult challenge is managing emotions and views and perspectives of individuals because we're all so very unique and we all have different perspectives, and therein lies the challenge, is making sure that when you are looking at future decision-making that you take perspectives from everybody's viewpoint. We all look at things from a different set of lenses, and um, you know the strength is being able to manage that process and recognizing all those different perspectives to come up with a really solid, uh, healthy uh, alignment going forward. Yeah, and I, c- I could see how important an outside voice is to that you know, process. Um, yeah, it, brings, it allows us to bring some uh, independence, obviously, and some objectivity. Uh, we're not as, as as emotionally engaged as the family members may be, so <laughs> we're a great bridge to help the family members work through some of their challenges. Do you have kind of a checklist that you that you have when you go into a new family business? Yes, we have sort of a standard sort of uh, entry discussion. Again, the. Um, the primary focus at the start is to begin to understand where the family's at, uh, where the different um, life cycles of the family, um, you know, what is, where are the owners at, where are the next generation at, uh, understanding what their uh, potential goals and aspirations are, and so trying to get a bit of a framework first. So rather than trying to jump into looking at any solutions, uh, we take the approach of looking at where are you today, what is your ultimate plan that you're trying to work towards? And then we'll start to develop a, uh, a cohesive plan with the owners to work their way through. Is there one kind of problem, one mistake that seems to pop up all the time in your work? If I could make a general statement, I think is um, not getting the right people around you to help you guide your way through the whole process of owning the family business through to the ultimate family transition and succession. Uh, Oftentimes, being an owner uh, can be very lonely at the top, and um, I would encourage all business owners to work hard at collecting a group of advisors that are like-minded, who are understanding of the family dynamics, who have a holistic approach, and, you know, bringing that group of advisors together with you earlier then later can only lead to much greater success and family harmony as you move through the life cycle. Yeah, and we've talked about how important uh, family business is to the Canadian economy. Six million jobs, uh, 4.7 million of those are full-time, and uh, the total annual sales, something like $1.3 trillion. Uh, This must be kind of satisfying work for you. Oh, it's very satisfying. Like I say, 
I, I think it can be very challenging at times, and so, uh, but therein lies the the, um, uh, the ability to try and hopefully help folks uh, manage their expectations, manage their direction they're trying to go, and hopefully provide a, uh, a rewarding process of owning a family business. It uh, can have many challenges, but it can also be a very rewarding experience for families uh, for many, many generations. And is there a misconception about what kind of family business could use your services? Uh, do some people think they're too small? Do some people think they're too large? What, what's the misconception that you would like to set straight? I think for many business owners, they often will think that their business may be too small to make the investment of time uh, and energy and perhaps dollars to bring in the advisors to help them with this. But if you think about the family business, even the smaller ones, uh, it generally represents the lion's share of someone's net worth. Um, And ultimately, you know, when you're looking to transition that business and try to maintain the value, it really is important to understand to bring in advisors early on. Don't be afraid to bring them in. Um, The fact that you may be a smaller business versus the large business, family enterprise advisors will cater the advice and what needs to be done based on what your needs and expectations are. So no one is going to come in and try and provide the solution or the cookie cutter uh, ideas. Rather, it's more about working with the business owners to really understand what it is they need. And we can customize anything going forward to meet what those needs are, whether you're small or large. And I guess now is a pretty challenging time uh, for, for any business, much less a family business. Uh, how are things going uh, with, with your work in that department? Uh, it is definitely a very challenging time. Um, I don't think anyone could have ever predicted the impact that um, our pandemic has created with respect to uh, many lost jobs. Uh, as you mentioned, you know the small business um, economy has been significantly impacted, and obviously that brings with it many challenges for business owners, managing their cash flow, making sure that the business stays healthy. Um, you know, I fear that potentially we're going to see many businesses not ultimately make its way through. And uh, we really need to try and do whatever we can as advisors to help those business owners reinvent themselves, uh, retool, and figure out how to come out uh, through this pandemic at the end uh, that we hopefully will all get to. Uh, It may be a new world, uh, but there is uh, a shining light, I believe, if we can hold that optimism to ultimately help those owners work their way through these challenges and continue to survive. Well, thank you, Rick. Uh, ManningElliott.com is the place to go if you want to connect with Rick Gendeman. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a very uh, sort of uh, a website you can work with, right? Absolutely. We've got lots of different uh, uh, tabs and information that you can uh, review. We have many articles as it relates to family enterprise advising and transition uh, that are worth a read to uh, hopefully help business owners try to identify and manage uh, the various obstacles and challenges that they face. Well, Rick, uh, best of luck. And if you've got a family business, you got to call Rick. He is a family enterprise advisor with Manning Elliott. And uh, that was fascinating stuff, Rick. I appreciate that. We'll talk to you Thank soon. Thank you, Martin, and I wish everybody uh, the greatest amount of success going forward. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and we'll be back with Ask Andrew next. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. Time to ask Andrew, and uh, Andrew Ferreira is with me now. Uh, Andrew, you're a cyclist. You like to cycle to, uh, to and from work. 
when I was younger, yes. <laughs> uh, not that I'm old. You know, I'm not trying to paint myself as some old man here. No. Uh, I, I used to be more into cycling, and then you know, as as I you know, I'm lucky to live in a place where I can easily get to and from almost everywhere I need to go on public transit. More on that one coming up later. Yeah. Um, but cycling, I think, is great, and I think Vancouver is in a lucky position where. You know, you can argue with me. I'll, you know, I'll take you. You can argue with me about this, but compared to the rest of the country, we can cycle all year round in Vancouver. You know, there isn't, you know, there's hardly a day where I would say you should not really cycle. There are a few days where you have to wear plastic pants. <laughs> yeah, just like yesterday on Friday morning, it was an absolute soaker. So if you were out there yesterday morning, then uh, yeah, you probably wanted to have, uh, you know, taped a poncho to yourself. Yeah. But we live in a place where cycling is a relatively accessible, easy thing. Whether or not you believe the bike lanes are a hindrance or a help is another matter for another time. However, coming up, uh, next week, this coming week, starting on September the 28th, it's Bike to Work Week, and this happens every single year. Uh, this is hub cycling. If you don't know what hub cycling is, hub cycling is kind of the, 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 the kind uncle who manages a lot of the cycling stuff here in the lower mainland, and they put on a whole bunch of events, clinics. Uh, all kinds of things you can uh, go and go to them for resources you can talk to them about you know my bike is broken how do I fix it how do I secure my bike all that kind of stuff it's bikehub.ca in case you want to go but they're also behind bike to work week and every single year they champion this and over the years it's gotten more and more popular um, you know just for instance um, last year 124 Metro Vancouver schools participated in this uh, and there were 32,000 bike trips completed uh, over the course of that one week last year. And this is just in schools. And so I, I personally think that the placement of Bike to Work Week kind of as the weather goes from pretty good to pretty awful uh, is pretty smart, actually. Because a lot of people, when they start to see the rain, they start to go, oh, maybe I don't want to, I don't want to bike around. But you totally can. You know, we've got a whole lot of structure that is, you know, custom built for it with more coming up along the way. Um, and, you know, to tie in the pandemic, because we would be insane to not tie in the pandemic in some way, shape or form here. Um, there are, of course, anxieties about, you know, hitting up public transit, uh, confined spaces with lots of people, not exactly the best places right now. And so if you are like the many people who simply cannot afford to, you know, insure a car to deal with the payments to pay for gas, these are all expensive things. A bike offers you, you know, the freedom to go where you want to, when you want to, uh, with the sa relative safety of, you know, you don't have to, you know, share your space with other people if you don't want to now of course you know cycling in vancouver is, is a mixed bag you know we've got some of the really well protected bike lanes of the downtown core whereas if you go you know out into the valley or even you know not too far from downtown there are you know just paint painted lines on the street and sometimes there's absolutely nothing so it's important to know where you can go uh you know don't take it too hard don't take it too quickly and again this i'm going to plug them again because i think they do great work bikehub.ca they've got all the resources for you uh to be able to look at that and to deal with that so i think that you know as we go through you know uh bike to work week which comes up uh, on monday uh we just celebrated world car free day uh, earlier last week. Uh, I think that as the pandemic is looking to kind of reshape how all of us are looking at the world and how we treat everything, maybe add cycling to it.
Yeah, I, I like that idea, and I'm looking at the weather, and I think we may not have to wear plastic pants on Monday. No, it's it's looking good. It's it's a uh, it's almost like a, and I'm going to use a, a meteorology term here. It's an uh, it's almost a summer like omega block. I can I can explain what that is another time, but we're running up against the clock here. Well, thank you, Andrew. That's Andrew Ferreira. Ask Andrew on Vancouver Consumer, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the most important investment in your home, uh, your roof, and also how you can put solar panels on your roof. How cool is that? We'll talk to Penfolds Roofing when we come back on Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.